let me tell you about the Melon app. Melon is the number one free live streaming app used by thousands of top creators, businesses, podcasters, churches, and more. You can multi-stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and LinkedIn if you bought that business life with ease. There are no downloads and you can customize so many things. Plus, you can monetize your stream with donations. So if you've not already, make sure you go and get you the Melon app. Go to www.melon, M-E-L-O-N-A-P-P.com. Sign up with the Melon app using the reference code LWINGFIELD. You can get a 20% discount off of any paid plan for one billing cycle. This thing is super easy to use. If you're not technically savvy, still look like the professional that you are, make sure you go to melonapp.com backslash L Wingfield to get started today. Well, DTLR Villa got you. And they're giving you free shipping when you buy over $25 worth of merchandise. So make sure you shop now. Go to millennials.us backslash shop so that you can be looking fresh at the quarantine cookout. So don't say I didn't tell you, okay? So that is millennials.us backslash shops. This is for my millennial. Baby, you got. Oh, oh, check. Oh, 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 check. And opinions expressed by Millennials Anonymous podcast and their guests and contributors are of those guests and contributors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Millennials Anonymous podcast and any content provided by our content contributors or guests or anyone else are of their own opinions and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This is purely entertainment, folks. Now let's get it. Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yes, it is your girl, Lise Winnie, and I am a fucking millennial. Yes, I'm wispy. I, I probably sound very, very sexy. And it's not intentional. The reason why... I do sound like that is because I am not recording from my normal recording spot, which is, I'll be in the basement like Big Tigger, okay? Like Joe Claire, okay? Which we are gonna get a chance to talk to Mr. Joe Claire. His people did confirm with me. It will not be until September though, but we will be talking to the Joe Claire, one of the originalities of Rap City because that was one of the shows that I grew up on. I loved Rap City and he has a bomb podcast now. So if you've not had a chance to check him out, check out The Ruckus. Like if you were around or alive or your neck, good strong neck muscles, right? You know, you could sit up. You wasn't still wobbly like that. Like you didn't have the bobblehead neck. If you was old enough to be able to watch Rap City, you need to check him out on The Ruckus and then check him out when he comes to Millennials Anonymous in September. I will give you the exact date that is going to air. It probably, uh, probably won't air till October though, because we, we're going to be recording late in September. So 
it's gonna be fun all right so you make sure you support him though in the time being because i miss the old school i miss big tigger i miss you know big so they had layers on it but i don't remember i think i might have been a little too young to know remember when les was on it but she's on his podcast she's dope too now i remember in the remember the time video i remember i remember her dancing there so shout out to her like i would love to talk to her too because she all the dance i've never been able to dance ever never at all have been i've been able to dance so if you hear this right if you hear i will i want to talk to you too because you you be knowing you be knowing you you are a legend too i am legend she well not i am i mean she is legend there you go so if you hear this want to talk to you too and we are gonna have a guest today yes yes we are we're gonna have a guest we're gonna be talking to miss tess brigham okay she is the therapist psychotherapist extraordinaire okay life coach all of the credentials she has letters behind her name you know how fancy people are when they have extra letters you can buy a vowel from all the letters she has behind her name okay so if you are like i'm burnt out i'm burnt the fuck out i need help she is going to help you today she's going to give you some great information some tips some tricks some maybe not uh, tricks sounds a little maybe not ethical i don't know but she's going to give you that information okay suggestions all right not advice that's legal suggestions okay opt no take that back not suggestions options you know she's gonna lay out all the options out there so she's here and she was dubbed the millennial therapist by cnbc cnbc yeah i'm saying it right yeah i know i can see i use my brain from time to time sometimes i do sometimes i don't sometimes it's broke but it's okay but she did and that's fancy you don't have that most people don't okay you know you know how fancy you have to be to have that that's a lot i get my news from them okay i watch the whole election soap opera on there all right so you make sure that you stay tuned and you get this information so her interview will be coming up first all right and one of the reasons why i'm fucking whispering is because i've had a i've had an eventful weekend okay i've had an eventful weekend and one of the reasons why it has been so eventful is because like I said, like with Big Tigger in the basement, or maybe I should say Joe Claire in the basement, okay? Shout out to him. I'm gonna keep mentioning his name, all right? My power's off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let me tell you about it real quick because I am completely frustrated. And this is for all my people who are buying homes because I know a lot of millennials because of inflation, these prices is, I've seen people buy Barbie houses for 660,000. Like, I'm like, that's a whole Barbie house. You see see it? They don't even have walls. Like, did you really just, what? I've seen it, okay? So inflation right now is sky high, but that's not even the problem. So I had my house inspected and also get your own inspector. Like, do not go through the realtor because they just want to make a sale. Get your own inspector because you would think an inspector, like Inspector Gadget, he's supposed to be inspecting the gadgets and, you know, like Inspector, like what did you, 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 Vision is a key of that. He missed all of the problems with our house, all of them, okay? So this was an investor brought this property, they, they fixed it, they gutted it, they put all this stuff in it so it looked brand new 
and they patched everything up so it was looking good now we noticed a couple things here there because it's not a brand new house but it was just a house that had been gutted we never had any electrical issues until a couple of days stuff was just flickering you know it was, it was like a we was living in like a haunted house you know not a haunted it was a haunted house because it's black and we don't got a lot of money so it was a haunted house and it was scary because the lights was just like flickering like we walking around and it's just like flickering it was like is it a ghost in here like I'm, I'm a little concerned maybe i should leave you can have it i will never fight listen i will never fight a ghost if a ghost went that goddamn house, that he got it, okay? That's their house. They live here now. They must protect that house, because I'm not. I am not. I will not. No poltergeists over here. I will leave. You can have it. I, I'm, I've been, was born, born black, okay? And, and black people don't fight ghosts. We might fight a lot of things. You know, the person that grabbed the last PlayStation during Christmas time, baby fathers or mothers. What we not about to do is fight a goddamn ghost. Uh, we're, we're not doing that. We are not, we will not, will not in a boat or anywhere else. So it was flickering and I was like, I don't know what this is. Cause we've been there for almost three years and we've never had this. And then the shit started to just cut off. Like you would just be in the house and it just would just cut off. What was that, Saturday? We just, it, everything just cut off. And my, like my daughter's TV was dim, like it was on, but it was dim. Like you, you know how your phone, when the battery dies down, it, it's dim. Like her TV was dim. The stuff was flickering, it cut off, and I just was like, I'm getting the fuck up out of here. You can stay here if you want, husband, but I'm taking my kids, we get out of here. And we were seeing sparks and stuff coming off the side where the power goes to the house. Long story short, we got one of the worst electricians known to man because it was emergency hours, so we had to get who we could get, right? He didn't know what the hell was wrong with it. And the power people came and said, you know what, we're gonna boot. I didn't even know they could boot it. They booted our power like it was a goddamn car that was being repoed. They was like, we're gonna boot this power, okay? Because it's not safe. So you can't be here because it's not safe. And so they booted our power. And so my power has been off. And it's very, <sighs> I am, beyond frustrated mind you they i had my power booted twice in one, one weekend like I, I just it's one of them things but we gonna make it work we gonna move through it we gonna move past it i'm here now okay this is why you're not getting a video you like i keep saying you're gonna get a visual version the last week you didn't get a vis visual version because i had done the audio version right and i was like putting some finishing touches on the video version and i deleted it and once i deleted i was like you know what i'm not going back to redo that it's you just won't get a video okay yeah it's one of them things it's one of them things because covid is here i'm not going in nobody's studio because covid is here but i am in an office today so that's why i'm kind of i'm trying to be quiet hopefully i'm not being disruptive but i probably am but let's get into this interview with Miss Tess Brigham because right now I need a day, okay? I need a mental health day. So let me re-listen to this information that we are about to get. And it's, I guess, do I have to say it's educational? For educational purposes only? No, not educational, informational, entertainment. There you go. I knew it would figure it out. I knew it. I knew it. Entertainment purposes only. If you are having problems 
or any type of mental health, a mental health crisis, make sure you go and seek your own mental health professional and or if you are having suicidal thoughts and or ideations, make sure that you call the suicide hotline. And that number is you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. But let's get into this this interview now. All right, so we have a guest today, and I am excited to speak with someone who has the knowledge because apparently I I need a, I need all the therapy that I can get. <laughs> so I am happy to have this person on the show. I am welcoming a psychotherapist, a certified life coach, a public speaker, and the millennial therapist, which was dubbed by the CNBC. It's very very fancy, Miss <laughs> Tess. Brigham. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. I am so glad you're here. So we were talking a little bit before the show about I watched Sex Life and I went on a rant um, (laughs) about that show. And we'll talk about that show in a minute because I think she needed a therapist. And (laughs) Oh, 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 everybody did. Everybody. (laughs) And for whatever reason, no one had them. They all could afford everything, but Uh, no one. Yeah. No, she goes to her old professor to get advice (laughs) about what her life is. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, there's got to be an ethical issue. I I don't know. And I'm not a therapist, and it just seemed ethically wrong. But let's talk about you. Let's get some background on you. Because you went from being a talent manager in in Hollywood. You were living the life, bumping elbows with the rich and famous. You had this realization that that's not for you. You were brave enough to go back home with your parents. God bless you. To reevaluate and come all the way back full circle. How has that helped you to identify with what millennials are going through and just the millennial perspective and experience? Yeah, I mean, it's... It was interesting. I always say that that millennials found me. That when I um, when I started, uh, I've been working with people for over fifteen years. But about ten years ago, I opened up um, a psychotherapy practice in downtown San Francisco, and I didn't know who was going to show up. And all of a sudden, all these young adults started showing up twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, and I was like, oh wait, these are these millennials I've heard so much about. And wait a second, they're not awful. They're not entitled. They're not lazy. They're working harder than I think I did. And, and they were really struggling. And it really, for me, all of a sudden, my own story kind of came to, you know, kind of came to a head. I, I realized like, oh, wait a second, I went through this. You know, I was, yeah, I, I went through all this myself. And, and in a strange way, I mean, this is sort of how the universe works, right? Where it, it I have this, this story of my own 20s, it lends itself very well to what, you know, 20 somethings go through. But um, millennials found me and I, I realized that a couple different things. The first one was that, you know, the 20 something years into the early 30s, this is a time where everybody's trying to figure out who they are. Who am I? What do I want? What does it all mean? Our brains don't fully form until we're 25. Um, so we are really still growing as a person in many ways. And um, so 
you know, you're trying to figure out who you are, what you want, what do you value, what do you believe in? And at the same time, you're trying to make these big life choices, right? Like, mm -hmm. what am I going to do for a job? What kind of relationship do I want to be in? Do I want to be in one? And what does that look like? Where do I want to live? Like, how do I want to spend my money? How do I want to spend my time? And what I found was that there are these, you know, when you're young, you're doing these two things simultaneously and both these things inform each other. Right. So as you're learning and growing and developing your values, that informs the jobs and the people that you're around and through your experiences, through jobs and the people that you're around and the people you date, that informs like your values. And it's and it's such a strange time where you're trying to do these two things simultaneously and they they are very important for each other. But you're really doing it very much in the dark. And I think that was that was the piece that was happening for my clients was that they felt like they needed, you know, they felt like they needed some kind of roadmap. They felt so lost. And, you know, I did everything I was supposed to do. I worked hard in high school. I worked hard in college. I'm now in this great job. Why am I not happy? What have I done wrong? And then the other thing I, I discovered about millennials, which is what I'm always shouting to the rooftops when I talk to older generations is this, is that millennials very much were the guinea pigs of the internet, social media, right? Mm, like this, yes. the millennials were becoming adults in a time where everyone had a platform to talk about how much they hate the young, right? Yeah. So older people <laughs> and older generations is from the beginning of time complain about youth. That is across the board. We've been doing that. That is forever. very true. That is very, right? very true. The silent generation thought baby boomers were a bunch of like, oh my God, what are they doing? But the thing was that millennials were just doing, they were growing and doing exactly what they're doing, but now they're doing it in a world that looks radically different than what it was like for me, what it was like for most people. And so that was when it all sort of clicked for me of, oh yeah, I remember my twenties and how complicated it was, but it's not the same as it once was. Like we have to treat, you know, millennials, Gen Z, we have to treat these generations differently because our world is so radically different. And we can't keep, you know, taking this attitude of, well, it was, this was my way, or this is how I did it. So let's keep doing it, you know, because our world is with technology and everything is changing so much. That is very, very true. And another thing that gets kind of gets thrown on millennials is that we're impulsive. Mm -hmm. There is this, we are the fidget spinner generation where when you think of fidget spinners, you think of us or Gen, Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Can you give millennials who have this constant stimulation, we cannot turn off our phones. We cannot turn mm -hmm. off. Well, I mean, I guess technically you could, but it it is it is this we are drawn to it, this mm -hmm. impulse to keep it on. Are there any tips to actually manage this hyperactivity and manage the, you know, the impulsiveness that we may have? Yeah, I mean, I think that it, you're absolutely right. And I think that now that we've had smartphones for over 10 years now, I think we're now seeing what the 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 byproduct of it is and i too I and mean, listen i'm in my late 40s so i too struggle you know with just put your phone down and sit you know like you don't need to do anything and um so yeah it's incredibly difficult and what i always encourage uh my clients and the people that i work with to do is that it's really about because there is so much stimulation, because there's so much information, because everyone's mm -hmm. got an opinion and they're sharing it constantly, that the goal is to, you know, find ways to tune out the white noise of the world 
and to log off, to stop, you know, and it has to be something that you consciously do. If you say to yourself, yeah, I need to get off my phone more, you're never going to do it. But if you say to yourself at 9am every day, I'm going to meditate for five minutes and, and, or I'm going to, one thing I encourage my clients to do is like, leave your phone at home and go take a walk and just okay. listen to the sounds of, you know, your feet crunching on the ground and, and all of that. I think that getting out into nature as best you can, depending on where you live is a really good thing. They found research has shown that nature helps people tremendously like get away and all of that, even if it's just in a park somewhere. Um, but it is, it's being conscious about putting the phone down, like standing, you're standing in line somewhere. Like, why do you need your phone out? Just be, watch, look, if you're on the train, just sit, be. And that's, you know, it, it's, it's difficult, but it is that, that mindfulness and that consciousness of I'm going to just, you know, stop. And then the other one is social media. I think that I always encourage people to set time limits on it. You know, okay. like 20 minutes a day. I know that's very short, but 20 minutes <laughs> twice a day. But, okay. but, and don't go on social media when you're upset. Don't go on social media when you're feeling down about your life. It's not going to help. Don't go on, you know, like really you have to be in a good headspace so that when you're feeling low and you're feeling down, when you feel like you need something, that mm -hmm. social media, I think that, that the tendency is to go on social media or get on something or, or distract yourself. And those are the moments in time where really the best thing you can do is don't do that. Shut everything down and really sit with the feelings. Sit with like, what is going on here with me? Why am I feeling this way? And reflect upon it. And that's what everybody needs to do it more, but especially young people, because it is, it's the, it's this grind and and what i noticed a lot especially in the beginning of covid what happened was that for a lot of people there was a lot of you know people really noticing their negative thinking for the first time because for the first time in a long time they were left alone with their thoughts you know in their house all day every day yeah because you can only watch but so much netflix i said yes. i graduated from netflix <laughs> i was waiting for my diploma in the mail <laughs> to come because i had watched everything that i possibly could would you say that social media has changed millennials and I guess future generations to come as far as the way that we communicate, the way that we socialize? I don't know if we can can go back even after COVID. I, I don't know if there is a going back. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I absolutely it's changed. I think I think it's, you know, one of the big things that I see is I remember when I was in my 20s and I was younger, like, because there was no social media, I would look around and be like, oh, yeah, all my friends are failing. Like, none of us have any money. No one's driving a nice car. <laughs> like, nothing is there. But what happens now is all you have to do is go on social media and, you know, God, there's tons of influencers and millionaires and even your own friends looking fabulous on a vacation, right? You, you would hear about your friend going to Europe and you might be like, oh, gosh, I want to go or I wish I did that but there were, you know maybe you saw a few photos when they got back but that's it right yeah, so right <laughs> the, the fact that that is so that creates the FOMO right that people feel like they're because it is real because there is this constant stream of this thing that that is glued to our fingertips at all times these phones that are constantly telling us your life isn't good enough you're not fabulous enough you know there's something wrong with you you know it's, it's this constant reminder over and over again and so what I see for young people is 
that they really struggle with separating themselves, you know, while they intellectually understand that that's just an image and that's my friend and Bali and, you know, I know she hates her job and this is the happiest she'll be all year. Even though, <laughs> like, even though you consciously might, you, you intellectually understand that your conscious, your subconscious still feels like, oh, I, there's something wrong with me. I'm missing out on my life. Like there's something that I've done wrong. And then what I see is people then go down the rabbit hole of like, oh my God, if I had taken this job or if I had done this, or if this had worked out as opposed to really recognizing and being okay with this is where I am in my life right now. And if I want to change things, great, change them. But you know, like the Bali trip, isn't going to do it for you, but that's that, that pull that people that people feel and that's huge. And I think the other part of it too is that sense of validation. I'm constantly urging my clients like you've got to validate yourself. Like we need outside validation yes. absolutely. But it doesn't matter how many likes you have. It doesn't matter how many people follow you. It really 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 doesn't. As much as it feels like, but we have all of these strange markers in our world this day of, you know, I have this many followers and you have this many followers. So therefore I am better. Yes. Right? And I don't know, you know, so, <laughs> so that's, the, that's the part that's hard, right? Is, is that we have all these different ways that measure us. And so instantly young people are instantly feeling bad about where they are, what they're doing. It's, it's this horrible cycle. It is. And I, I've luckily I am not in the dating space. Thank God. But I know people that are that when they go on dates, they ask, how many followers do you have? <laughs> like, why is that? <laughs> why is that necessary? Like, I don't mm, I don't know why it's necessary. Maybe that's why they say millennials aren't having sex anymore. Like, mm. I don't know if it's because we don't talk to one another. I don't know if I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. what that connection is but when do you know or what signs or tips would you give us to say hey it's time for a mental health day it's time for you to take a step back and say i need to do a me day mm -hmm. what types of symptoms would we display um well i would say that if you find yourself you know with the repetitive negative thinking where you you're unable to stay focused and concentrate on anything um, anytime, anytime where you feel really fatigued for no reason, like, oh, I'm okay. getting enough sleep, but I feel really fatigued. I feel tired. Um, when you're irritable, you know, any of the, the typical kind of burnout, right? Those are the inability to concentrate fatigue, um, irritability, feelings, you know, constant stress, you know, all of those things are always a good one. I encourage people to take, you know, if you could, you know, I, you know, I, the world will not end, take a week off social media. You know, you don't, I think there's this attitude of like, oh my God, I have to have a spa day or I have to yeah. like, change my, you know, do this whole thing. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. And shove it all into one day. And listen, if you can take a mental health day, if you can take a mental health week, two weeks, I, I'm all for it. I think, um, you know, especially after COVID, we are all incredibly burned out. We're tired. We've all been in a heightened state of anxiety for over a year that, that creates PTSD and it creates those symptoms and we're all incredibly burned out. So if you can take out the time, I, I encourage everyone to do it. That's what I've been telling so many of my clients, like, when are you going on vacation? What's going to happen? What are you going to do? But even if you can't do that, there are all these different ways that you can just in your daily life make different choices because our lives are really what 
are, you know, the choices that we make every day. So being mindful of not checking your phone first thing in the morning, like getting up. Oh, okay. Getting coffee, <laughs> having tea, whatever it is you like, reading a book, right? Like, you know, you can even watch something that you enjoy, but, you know, go outside, take away, like do something you normally don't do in the morning. Wait a little bit before you get on email. Um, you know, do a little bit of that. What I was talking about, you could do three minutes of silent meditation of just simply noticing your breath going in and out. It doesn't have to be this 20 minute thing. You know, it, it doesn't have to be any of those things. Even if you did that every morning, that would change you. It would, it would start, you would start to notice, oh, I'm being more mindful, but you can do these things throughout your entire day of just stopping and just taking a deep breath. What am I thinking about? You know, you know, checking in with yourself, like, you know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Well, let me bring my attention back to the present moment. Like that's, it's as simple as that. So it doesn't have to be, because I think that's where a lot of people say, I don't have time to take a, a me day or me mm -hmm. time because you think that you have to go out, get the cucumbers, get your face. Like you think you have to do all of that yes. in order to get and step away. Now I wanted to ask you, this is kind of like off the beaten path, but I, I'm doing, or I have a therapist and we've done, we started doing the, the Zooms. Do mm -hmm. you feel like this is the future of therapy where you are not in face-to-face? -face? Does it break down the communications? Do you think it helps? Is it like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I do think it's the future for sure. Um, okay. I think we were, uh, we were heading that way. I mean, I will say that it's interesting because, you know, I remember when I was first in graduate school and training, like how different therapy was then that it is now. Um, you know, because I'm also a coach, I do a lot of coaching and, and that's sort of the world that we're leading to, which is people don't, people aren't interested in, um, I mean, some people are, I'm sure there, there are people out there, but you know, for the most part, unless you're dealing with some serious trauma, the, a lot of people that come to therapy are really sort of dealing with, I have stress, I have anxiety. What do I do about my job? This kind of stuff. And what it is, is they're finding like, I don't need, to, I don't want to do this every single week for the rest of my life for years and years and years. Like people are really looking for help when they need it. And the telehealth stuff really lends itself to that, right? Which is, you know, it really allows you to say, hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm, um, you know, on, I'm, you know, on a trip with my family, but I need help. And I, you know, want to talk to someone. Um, it lends itself to allowing people who, you know, live in small towns where there are no therapists and not, cause I've seen that too with clients and, and um, it's allowed people who don't, you know, it's hard for them to leave their moms, they're this, they're that, right. Or it costs too much money, you know, all of these different things. I think we are definitely going in that direction. And I think that we're going more in the direction of that sort of, there, there will always be therapy, but I think obviously coaching is becoming more and more popular. And, um, and I think that we're going to get a lot more of the, okay, I, I would like to meet for six sessions, or I'd like to, you know, this is my goal. And once we finish the goal, we'll be done. You know, it's not this constant, like, let's process, 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 process stuff. But yeah, I definitely think that the telehealth is here to stay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've been seeing it more and more. I know that I, with 
I said it's Zoom. It's something else, some other type of system. But that seems to be where the system is going. And because of the pandemic, I was just wondering if people are kind of like, ah, I just want to sit in person because we all are getting to the point where it's like, again, and it's starting to happen again, where it's going backwards, which is I don't even I don't even want to talk about it. Like, let's just hope for the best on that one. But you also are an expert at setting boundaries. And I think that with social media and a lot of the way that millennials grew up, I think we have we do have issues with maintaining healthy boundaries and setting mm-hmm. those boundaries because, because we allow so much access to us. We feel like we have to be on display at all times. Mm-hmm. What would you tell millennials and how do we maintain those healthy boundaries and any tips for setting those boundaries and maintaining them? Yeah. Um, so with, I, I would, I would really say, and I think that's a very, um, important thing that you're saying, which is right, which is, and I think this is one of the things that's so different about my clients than myself is this putting yourself out there display that you see, because for myself, I never think about posting certain things. Like I might, after the event might go, Oh, I could have posted about that, but I guess I forgot. (laughs) So I am constantly amazed by how much my clients put out there. I don't follow them on social media, but I see young people and I'm assuming my clients are part of that, how much they they put of themselves out in the world. And I mean, I think it really starts with, you know, are you comfortable with that? Is that what you want? Like, what is your level of comfort? And when it comes to boundaries, it's really about that same question of what feels right to me? Like, when do I feel comfortable? When do I feel uncomfortable? What makes me feel stressed? What makes me feel anxious? Like, and and that's that part of, it's very hard for you to set boundaries if you're not doing that first thing that I was talking about. If you're not ever stopping and reflecting and asking yourself these questions, like how do I feel right now? And why am I doing these things, right? Like if you don't do that, it's impossible for you to really understand like what are, what are my boundaries? Like what am I okay with and not okay with? But it really starts with that. And then, you know, I, I once you figure out what that the boundary is that you want to set, it's really about the next step, which is also difficult, is just finding a way to really form the sentence to say that to the person or, you know, create it for yourself and communicate, you know, to people how you, you know, this is how I want to be treated because boundaries are our way of telling people, this is what, this is what I need from you. This is what I want from you. This is where I'm comfortable. And, um, and then, you know, of course the hardest part is always sticking to them. That's the other part of it too. And I'll tell people like, you will do all this work to reflect, to think about what you want. You'll set the boundary. And then that person will walk right over it. And your job is to go, no, 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 back up. You know, I set this boundary. This is, this is how it's going to be. And you might have to do it four, five, six, seven nine, 10 times, but in the end it will be worth it because, you know, you will get back what it is. But that's the part about being young is, is that that's that back to that idea of like, 
what is it that I want? And so that's the part that, you know, it is hard for young people to set boundaries. I think especially women where it is really difficult to figure out for yourself, like, what is it that I'm looking for and that I want? So, you know, I always say that it's not about like, Oh God, what's wrong with me? I should have set better, but you know, don't beat the crap out of yourself. Don't do that. It's just like, this is a process. And I, at the advanced age of 48, I too still have to go, wait, I'm setting a boundary and doing it. And, and really um, being okay with it. But the other thing I wanna say too, is that you will set a boundary and it will feel uncomfortable. And that discomfort doesn't mean that you shouldn't set the boundary. Oh, okay. The discomfort, because if you've done the, if you've like stopped and said, I'm mm -hmm. really not okay, I am not okay, you know, going to this event. You know, okay. if it's like, if you take, pick something that some, if you've, if you really figured out like, I don't wanna go to this thing with my friend and I need to tell her like, I don't wanna go. If you've done that work, it's going to feel uncomfortable to say no, because, you know, part of it is, is especially women are conditioned to be accommodating and to be, you know, don't rock the boat and be nice. And that's what a good friend does, right? All of those things. So you will feel uncomfortable. That discomfort isn't there to tell you you're wrong. That discomfort is because it's new. It's different. And I think okay. that's the, that's another skill as you get older and, and all of that, that you're also trying to figure out is which is this discomfort because it's new because it's different because it's you know it's it's this or is this discomfort because it's really something that creates anxiety for me or something more and, yeah, these, and those things are hard right they're all these little nuances that is very true because yeah, i think sometimes when things don't feel good we automatically assume that it means that we're doing something wrong or we shouldn't mm -hmm. be doing it or it was a a mistake. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you because a lot of people on social media have they they are guru. Everyone is an expert at everything. <laughs> so, can you give us like some pointers and tips of of things that we should that are like red flags when we're seeing people are like, okay, here's what you should do. This is the relationship information. This is the mental health information. Are there any things that we should be looking for when we are looking at information on social media, or should we be staying away from social media and getting <laughs> health information? Um, I always say, look at the source, you know, there are people that, um, you know, there's certainly people I'm on Instagram, like other people I follow on Instagram and I look, you know, who are you? Do you have a degree? You know, do you have a degree? What's your experience? Um, all of that. And I also think, and I keep bringing this up, but it's really, really important because at the core of what I teach my clients is this, it's really about figuring out your, like who your true you is, like what feels right to you, what, you know, what feels comfortable, what, you know, in every aspect of your life, that what feels to be the true self. And so that's the thing is if you're reading something from someone and it feels like that doesn't feel like me, or that doesn't feel true, or that feels off, then okay, you know, it is. And so some of it is, yes, looking at credentials and who are they and what's their experience and what's their background and why are they saying these things? But at the same time, it's also looking at like, if, and I might say things that people disagree with or think, well, that's not quite right or that's not my experience. And it's like, okay, then go ahead. You know, you don't, you don't have to take it. That's the part about, I think that's so hard is with everybody having an opinion and everybody has, you know, you know, so much out there is it is hard for people to really figure out like which voices do I listen to? 
And mm-hmm. so that's why figuring out for yourself, like, what is it that rings true for me? Okay, this rings true for me. So I'm going to follow this advice or I'm going to follow what they're saying. It's It really comes down to that part of it. And listen, there's a lot of people out there who are making millions who don't have the background and they're saying very highly intelligent things. I'm not saying that, you know, that it's degree or bust, but, you know, I, I do think that if you're like, you know what, this person has lived a completely different life than me, right? Like they don't know what my life experience is. They don't know where I'm coming from. Then it's like, then don't listen to them because they don't know what your experience is for sure at the end of the day. Absolutely. And it's one thing that I want to ask you, because you mentioned this before I let you go, and it's about um, entitlement. Mm -hmm. So millennials get labeled entitled. Where is the line between the entitled or entitlement of being Mm -hmm. entitled and knowing your worth? Mm. Or is there a line? That's a really good question. I, I, I feel like, you know, people think of millennials as being entitled because they really came into the workforce and, you know, I'm a generation X. So we tended to kind of like come into the workforce and kind of keep our head down and just work. And Mm -hmm. millennials really came, especially into the workforce and really asked questions like, well, why, you know, you want me to do this? Why? And that felt like entitled, but you know, millennials are the first generation, again, that were raised with the internet and information. And, you know, when I was in my 20s, you know, information was hard to come by, you know, information was power. And now information is like, it's everywhere. Anybody can figure anything out, you know, just get on YouTube. So what happened was that millennials came in, you know, was chock full of information and the ability to do it, you know, and, and started asking why and they immediately got slammed as being, oh, you're entitled, or you don't want to do the work, or you don't want to do that. And it's a, and it's, it's because they were raised with, you know, in more democratic households, they were raised in, you know, environments where people were listening to what they had to say, you know, and, and cared about that. And so of course, they're going to go into the workforce and ask those same questions. The knowing you're worth when I think about that, you know, and that's something, again, I say women, but it is because I always say across the board, every female client I have has imposter syndrome and male clients. <laughs> never, never, never. Right. So, this knowing your worth thing, I think, is such it's such a female thing. Right. It's such a you know, it it, it is so, so hard. And to me, when I think about entitlement or someone who feels entitled, it's it's someone who isn't willing to be um it's someone who assumes they know and they aren't curious and Mm. you know they tend to when i think about entitled it's sort of like you know i see the world in my perspective and my blinders or how i see it or i you know i rule all of this and you know you need to go along with it knowing your when i think about knowing your worth i think more about this idea of really understanding the ability to, um, you know, ask for the things that you want, feel comfortable, ask, you know, saying what you want to say and recognizing that, um, and I think this is especially too for women, which is not everyone's going to like you, or you might say something that not everyone's going to agree with or enjoy, or someone might label you with a name and that's okay. And that, 
knowing your whiff is really also just it's it's about learning how to it's about learning how to sort of sit with the discomfort of I'm worth this amount of money okay. or I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, I look around and this is what the market shows me and I am worth this. And, and I, you know, I don't know if I'm related. I think it's a great question. I had ne never thought about it before, mm -hmm. but I, you know, and that's the thing. I don't see my millennial clients being entitled on that level. I see them coming in and asking why, but they're also struggling with asking for more money and more this and more that, you know, because it is, it's, it's very scary. And again, I struggle with it myself <laughs> advanced <laughs> age, right? Like it is, it's hard to say, like, you're going to pay me this, or you're going to, you know, do this, but it is, it's, it's really sitting with the discomfort of, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask for what I want and I may not get it. And that still doesn't mean that I was wrong to ask or that I don't deserve it. Right. That's very true. And I, I was going to get your contact information. But before we leave, I have to ask you your opinions on sex life. You have the time <laughs> yes. because okay. I'm like, I need to know. <laughs> well, so I, like everybody else, started watching the show because, um, you know, I was, I was curious and I'd heard rumblings about it and mm -hmm. it was funny because I, I heard your show and I was like, I'm a middle-aged white woman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I also, I was shocked to hear, to see that it was written by women and I think directed by a woman that shocked mm -hmm. me to the nth degree. And it was, I mean, you know how some, you know, some movies are so bad, they're good. This was just so bad. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> and what drove me crazy about it is it, it it was almost like you could, it just felt really cheap, like in the way in which, because a lot of people were saying, oh, it's middle-aged, you know, lady porn. And it's like, well, do you think this is what we want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this? Do you think we want Brad? You know? And so, <laughs> And, and so I, it was so funny. So I started watching it and then I watched like the first couple episodes and then I was going to stop. And then I heard about episode three, minute 20. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. Everybody's talking, about, everybody's talking about, I was like, oh, wait a second. I gotta, I gotta go in. I gotta see this. And then I was watching the rest of the episode and then I was like, oh God, I'm invested in these people's lives now. So I have to see how this all turns out. But I, I started fast forwarding. But what drove me crazy at the end is this. Um, I mean, it's horribly like the, 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 it's terribly written, you know, I mean, just all of it, but they were asking. So I, you know, I'm 48. I've been with my husband. We've been together 20 years, married almost 18. Oh, congrats. Thank you. And so I get, <laughs> I get Billy, like I get where she's coming from. My son's older and I'm older than she is. Um, and I'm not living in, my husband is not a Ken doll and I'm not living in a fabulous house in Connecticut, <laughs> but, um, but I get the sort of concept that they were trying to say, which I think was a really good one. And it's mm -hmm. something that comes up with a lot of my clients because truly this is about the road not traveled, right? Okay. And that no matter what, everybody has some ex that there's some unresolved feelings for, you know, he was the bad boy or she was dating, you know, whatever it is, everybody has that ex. And I think that all, all women, you know, you get into a point in your life where you're like, yeah, I've been with this person a long time you know, the, the newness is worn off the, you know, the grind of having children and all of this kind of stuff. And thinking about, you know, you do, you fantasize about like, if I had picked that person or if this had worked out this way, I would have gone down that road. 
And they have this opportunity of the show to really ask these really interesting questions about monogamy and, and marriage. And mm -hmm. because, you know, there is, I do think that it, you know, I think that it's complicated to be in an open relationship, but it's also complicated to be in a monogamous relationship. Oh yeah. And it's in, and there's all of this stuff that happens and they had this opportunity to really talk about, right? Like these really interesting concepts and they just blew it. You know, they, you know, the husband, her husband is so cute and nice and adoring, yeah. but of course, of course, all the sex they have is terrible, right? I'm like, you, you don't always have this bad of sex. Like, come right. on, you know, it can't always be that bad. It can't be this juxtaposition where Brad, it's fabulous. And this guy, it's, you know, it's terrible. It's blah, yes. uh, it's blah and terrible. And it drove me crazy that, you know, the, the both of them were, you know, they both were grad students in psychology. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> so, of course. And yeah, they made I mean, therapists seem really crazy. Yeah, they did, which drives yeah. me nutty because we're not. They always make us so nutty in films. It drives me nuts. And um, and it just it was just and I don't even understand the ending. Like, I don't even really understand what happened at the end. I don't want to spoil it for people, but like, I don't understand what the, the point was. You know, at the end, she's quoting Betty Vernon and talking about women and their power and sexuality and all this stuff. And I was like, no, you're not. Like, you've not talked about any of any of this right. at all. <laughs> so what, I, it, and I just, I just felt like it, it really, it, it missed an amazing opportunity to talk about monogamy, marriage, sex, being older as a woman, you know, what that's like, um, trying to find that spark in something. And, and, you know, because I work with a lot of young people, they, they, they do, they're constantly talking about like the decisions that they make and the fear of what if I make a decision, you know, this decision mm -hmm. over here and I go down that path and I find out that I'm wrong or it's bad or whatever. And what this show was really sort of saying is, yeah, you, you could go down a road and then you're, you know, this far in and instead of like really living with the choice and trying to love the person that you're with and recognizing there's this larger reason why the two of you are together and, and, and embracing that, you know, it just made the lead character completely flighty. And yeah. I, I would say if I was younger and I'm watching this, I'd be like, oh God, I don't want to get married. Or, you know, like, how do I know for sure that I made this, this right choice along the way? I feel like way? that's where I think it kind of got, because there was no positivity in mm -hmm. where she was. It was just all negative. And I'm like, I, I don't know. To me, it seemed like maybe sh you personally, Billy, have some issues that you need to work out. <laughs> Because you're looking at all these people around you, everybody but you, mm -hmm. to figure out what's wrong. Yes. In, in yes. This situation. Yes. And it, and it, you're just kind of like, God, get a password protector on your computer. Like, you're writing these steamy things about your ex. Like, why are you just blatantly putting that out there in that way? And it's just, it was very annoying because you know what? He could have just gone to her and had a, you know, the husband could have had a conversation. <laughs> just said you know what's going on here i tripped upon this this makes me concerned and worried and and all of that and and then there's this other part of it where there's this idea of if you if you are you know with someone then that means you don't ever think about other people or you're not allowed to fantasize about certain things and it's like there's nothing wrong with fantasy there's there's nothing wrong with thinking about someone else you know there's nothing wrong with that it's really about 
how you feel about it. Like, are you acting on it? And are you present in your current relationship? Because what I see a lot of is a lot of people, they stand on the, when they're unhappy in their relationships, they stand on this fence of, well, I kind of like them and I'm comfortable in this life, but there's all these other things that I want and looking at the grass is always greener being single. And it's like, whether you choose marriage or being single, neither one isn't better than the other. And the, okay. there are pros and cons in both. There are great things about being married and there are great things about being single and, and negative about both. And the thing is, is that you're, you, it's simply a choice that you're making. And so when you choose to get married, you're choosing that person. And every day you need to wake up with this idea of, I am choosing you. You know, I am choosing you to invest my life in. And I just felt like if Billy could have gone to a therapist or somebody <laughs> and episode one, they could have helped her really get in there and do that as opposed to creating so much destruction. Yes, it would have been over episode one had yes. she gone to yes. the therapist, a I, licensed therapist that wasn't a friend. Yeah, I also don't think that, I don't believe that her friend would have slept with Brad. Like, I feel like her friend wouldn't have done that. I don't, she doesn't seem like, you made her out to be this ride or die friend that's like really good friend. And I don't think she would have done that. Yeah, it just didn't you know? make sense since after a while i was like okay i see we're trying to add in the black friend i i get it <laughs> like so that she can be there like i get why you're doing this it was completely unnecessary yeah. did not need to be yeah but anyway I'm, i could talk about this for hours <laughs> yeah but Thank i'm you glad for me rant. <laughs> oh no absolutely i'm glad that someone else feels the same way i do about this oh, yeah. show but how can people reach you like your social media your website mm -hmm. if they are interested in maybe download because i think you have a download for millennials like they, yeah, they can get yeah, uh yes um so yeah you can you can go to my website which is just testbrigham.com um and i do have a a free uh download um you can join my mailing list i do Sundays with Tess, I give you, you know, thoughts for the week and things to work on. Um, but I have this uh, download of the quarter life crisis handbook. If you're struggling with your life, it really helps you start to formulate a lot of these things that I've been talking about, like asking you these questions. And yeah, and follow me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Tess, you know, Brigham. And um, I give a lot of really great information on there. And yeah, just follow me, you know, need those rights to like followers and likes and all that. Um, just follow me and just check out my website. That's so awesome. We, we're going to get the doc on TikTok. She's going to do some dances for you guys. I, I Eventually, <laughs> we will get her on there. Well, thank you so much for coming to oh, Millennials you. Anonymous. You can come back anytime because when season two comes, you're going to have to come back. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Well, I have. Trust me, because, you know, because of my entertainment background, like I love to talk about TV and movies. <laughs> like I will talk about if you want a therapist take on anything. I, I will sit around and chat about like 90 day fiance housewives, yes. Yes. any, any dysfunctional shows for sure. Oh, we, we definitely have to talk now. because <laughs> I have so many questions, but I appreciate you being here. You can come back anytime oh, you, you want. Would love to. Let's get into these top 10 trending topics of the week. So let's get this all done. Because you know you got to get these politics in so you can know what's going on in this world right now. And guess what it is? The CDC 
the CDC is being investigated by the House Democrats? Yes. So per the Hill, the House Democrats are expanding a probe into political interference into the CDC during the Trump administration. Shocking, right? Through letters, Democrats on the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis requested interviews from not one, not two, not three, you not are four, news. but eight Don't be former rude. and current CDC and Department of Health and Human Services officials and employees of three former Trump appointees as the probe continues and branches out. They're saying that along with letters, the subcommittee also released new emails suggesting that senior officials were informed and of plans discussing how to respond to Trump's advisor Paul Alexander's email requesting that an immediate stop of all of the CDC's morbidity and the mortality weekly reports or the MMWRs. I don't know why anyone would be shocked by this. If if a grown man, like he's not even just grown, he's grandpa grown, okay? He is Stop it. your old dad grown. He is two, three steps out the door grown, okay? Lights out grown. Gets on national television to tell y'all to drink bleach and to put light bulbs up your ass. To kill the virus wasn't going to be giving you the CDC's suggestions to not give y'all real information. Like, I, I just, I don't know why you're shocked by this. Like, y'all, you really needed a whole probe for that. Thank you very mm, much. A whole probe, not a half a probe, not a quarter of a probe. You needed a whole probe. Okay. All right. Well, y'all are going to find out a lot. All right. You're about, it's about to go down because y'all are about to find out a whole lot about this. But, I'm gonna need to talk. Come, come in, come in, come in, CDC. Come in, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in. I need to talk to you. Okay. First of all, okay, I don't know if this is the Trump people. Okay, maybe y'all, they need to go. I'm not sure if they're still there because some of them still there. I don't know. Maybe they, they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I'm not sure. But y'all be confusing us. It is very confusing to the point where it's like, wear a mask. The next day, it's like, don't wear a mask. Then y'all, sometimes y'all change y'all directives. In the same day, like in the morning time, if we don't wear a mask, by the evening, it'll be you gotta wear the mask. And it's like, I need y'all to at least have a meeting, you know, get together. Y'all can do it on Zoom, Skype, Instagram, got a whole new little, little thing you could use. I'm not sure how y'all wanna do that, but um, I'm gonna need you to do it because y'all are confusing us. And we're not really sure what it is that we should be doing. So if y'all don't know, we are gonna be fucked. So we're gonna need y'all to get that together. So that we know what we supposed to be doing. You, you, you hear what I'm saying, CDC? You, 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 you hear me? I just, can y'all get that together? That's just, that's all I'm saying. And Democrats, are, they are really doing it up. Democrats right now, we saying we're going to investigate everything. On top of the January 6th committee, they are also looking into how they can show Americans how this temporary inflation will benefit working families in the long run. Yes, they're saying that analysis or democratic strategists are planning on figuring out a way to showcase to Americans how this will benefit 
in the long run so democrats in the white house and in congress are kind of showcasing this long-term benefits so they're coming with an agenda to show how this will outweigh the temporary rise in prices president joe biden and this is according to nbc President Joe Biden says the 5.4% increase in the basket of goods over the last 12 months ended in June and is temporary. And the private White House presentation obtained by NBC News says that it encourages Democratic lawmakers to focus on how Biden's plan will lower costs for working families rather than how it will get people back to work to help the economy. Now, before I move on to this, this part of the inflation, let me say this, okay? Come on, man. Let me say this. I'm just glad that the Democrats actually are working together on a plan. That's not an exaggeration. That is a literal. That's literally true. Because it seemed like the last couple of years, there was no plan. There wasn't a strategy. Like we had one person was all the way over here. The other person is over there. We didn't have no plan. The, the Republicans planned out. They, they planned. They got note cards. They got phrases that they keep going with they they don't ever get off they have scripts okay i'm pretty sure they have a script writer over there maybe i don't know i can't prove it it's not guaranteed but i'm pretty sure it's probably kellyanne conway or somebody who's writing it's it's a terrible season i i cannot wait for maybe season two because season one sucked okay but for the democrats never a plan never we don't have any strategy of talking points at all we just kind of like go out there and then pray for the best and not really working so i am glad to see that they're working on a strategy amongst them all all right that's good but um yeah these prices these prices is high okay i'm not gonna lie to you these prices are high like i went into the store and you so you ever picked up some stuff like you used to buy and then you realize i can't afford this no more like i thought i could buy milk i thought milk was one of them things milk and bread like if you didn't have no money you could buy some milk and bread or at least milk and well no cheese kind of expensive let me let me take that back peanut butter okay peanut butter cheese cheese is a little expensive okay you know especially you get an american you, sidebar to a sidebar cheese is expensive at the deli but if you get that cheese that come in them plastic little individuals that don't melt like it's not really cheese i think it's rubber all right you might be able to afford that but i'm pretty sure it's rubber it doesn't melt at all like you can put it on your sandwich you ever made one of them sandwiches and you put it on them like why is this not not melting like this just doesn't melt I, i'm not this is concerning like if it doesn't melt on the stove how's this gonna break that in my stomach like i'm a little concerned but i'm hungry so i'm gonna eat it anyway but things is really expensive it's really hot like these prices is too damn high like we got to get these prices down but i'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to believe in you joe i'm 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 gonna believe in you uncle joe okay i'm trying to believe and the U.S. delegation cuts their Haiti trip short after gunshots rang out at the former president's funeral. The U.S. delegate was in attendance. He, they actually were at the funeral of late president, Haitian president Joven, Jovenel Moise on Friday. I don't know. This is getting really, really crazy. And speaking of crazy, Dr. Dre ordered to pay his wife three hundred whole thousand dollars a month in spousal support which equates to 
$3 million a year. So let's give a big round of applause for her attorneys um, for being able to obtain such a large sum of money. But she is the queen of start high go low because she she started at the moon like she was trying to get like seven trillion dollars a month he don't even have that and then she worked her way down Bruh. so she is really teacher she should teach a class out here like a master class they got i see these little ads all the time she should teach one about how to to negotiate because she really she shot for the moon Fatality. and she got the stars okay she didn't get the moon but she got the stars so shout out to her attorney not sure who they are you probably can't afford them anyway but that's fine okay um dre i don't know what we gonna do are you still dre are you still dre i'm not sure what's what's happening you i mean it, you you want to hug because this is a lot this is a lot of money right here that you give she is getting more like three times the salary of some people that i know three times the salary of some people that i know i don't know how i feel about that i'm not sure how i feel about it i'm a little i don't know how long were they married like 20 she might earn that money it was she was did him for two like two decades she might earn that money or at least a portion of that money because what is he a billionaire and he gotta pay her until she gets remarried you know she ain't never getting married no, i don't care God. if she meet jeff bezos she's probably no, God, never please, ever no. never no. getting married but if i was dr dre i'm not saying that i would condone this I would be interviewing people to date her. I would be, I would be a match, it would be match.com over at my house. It would be match.com over this bitch. I would send people over her house every week. It'd be like a reality series. I would start a whole reality, see, Dre, there you go. Start a reality series, dating Nicole. You can be on it. Send people over her house every single week till she likes somebody. The final episode will be her getting married. Let them get married, then you done and you can use that money to pay her each month because i know that's a little steep that's steep you ain't really you you're not doing beats by dre no more okay there's no beats by dre because you sold it so i'm pretty sure you probably out here a little bit shook okay but if you listen to my plan dre run look at that look at god i'm just saying and speaking of looking at god kanye west has another gospel album coming out this one is actually donated to his mom donda and a fan really must have saw god because this fan is selling air from the listening party that kanye west had over the weekend for over three that i'm not buying no three thousand dollar air first of all how you get the goddamn air in the can how, how do you can air explain that to me how do you can air what per hip-hop dx they're saying that kanye west he he pushed back this the dawn album to august 6th but he carried out a listening event it's over i guess the the weekend or something at Mer mercedes-benz stadium on thursday night oh no it wasn't on weekend it was on thursday night and it was to a sold out crowd so you couldn't get in they said a lot of people there kim kardashian came of course they had all these celebrities there they there was a song with him and jay-z which by the way i'm glad to see they worked that out 
Not sure what happened where they just said, oh, well, I mean, I think I know. Maybe it's one thing. Maybe it's this one thing that probably happened that they started working together again. Hmm. Maybe it's one thing that happened in his life. But yeah, they, they working together again. And this fan was like, hey, I think I got a way to make some dollars. And it was like, I'm going to take this bottle of water and open it up and can it and put the air. like I don't even know how you come up with that like how do you come up with that and if somebody buys that because if you open the, the bottle isn't the air gonna get out so how do you know the difference between the air? and then also with COVID I'm like COVID is airborne so you 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 trapping COVID that, that's what it sounds like it sounds like you're bu buying a bottle of COVID uh, so I know that is going to be a no for me for you to buy. You're selling COVID and I feel like the government should come and arrest you. Whoever you are, you need to be locked up because you might be the reason for some of this extraness. That's a no for me. And speaking of a no for me, R. Kelly is currently under federal prosecution in New York after decade-long allegations regarding sexual misconduct. And according to the Chicago Times, the documents allege that R. Kelly met an unnamed individual when they were boys. He was 16 years old at the time, and they met at a McDonald's in 2006. Kelly reportedly invited the boy to his studio and later asked him what he would do to become successful in the industry before having him engage in sexual contact with R. Kelly. And later the boy allegedly introduced R. Kelly to a 15 year old and brought him in to also be sexually assaulted allegedly by R. Kelly. So listen. I don't know why we're still defending R. Kelly at this point. I don't know why this took so long. I mean, like I said, I believe I could fly was an amazing song, but I don't believe that I believe I can fly. The song itself can negate the fact that he has been molesting and raping children and women and girls and boys for almost three decades like it is just it it doesn't make any sense at all. We had so much evidence. We had all the evidence in the world. And I think now something has come out. They're charging him for documents of getting a Aaliyah at the time. A fake ID back in the day. So why? Just, just, just why did it take so long? And a Florida sheriff is making a couple people say, well, why, sir? Why? He's going viral following a press conference where he was toting the success of a recent drug bus. Yep. They're saying Sheriff Grady Judd held up a large gold chain he placed it around his neck and began to freestyle Looks like you need an impromptu a freestyle and where he was basically teasing and, and taunting members of what they are calling the bell gang so here's what he said he he begins to rap he says we put your tail in the county jail you think about that brothers he needs to get a, a somebody needs to help him because that's that's awful like if you're gonna freestyle and this is your coming out freestyle right like this is your first bars you drop in the first bars okay he's spitting a hot five okay we need your five to be hot if you gonna spit a hot five at a press conference this is your national debut all right we needed to be right you needed to go talk to somebody anybody and i'm like who let you do this because if right now in America, people are saying that the police department and law enforcement are gangs, 
wait a minute your thought process was to go out and to do a diss track to the gang members you just arrested as if you were a gang it's gonna be a no for me like why are you doing this why why and speaking of more wise the griot saying is saying that and this is a little late but i gotta talk about it it's saying that black twitter is calling out sean king after he de deactivated his social media accounts yes they're saying that sean king made his instagram accounts private last week noting that he was taking a break from social media and twitter was not heavy so he temporarily de deactivated his twitter account and he made his instagram private after things have come out about him taking money from like donations for different like people like the families of some of the victims of police brutality from his organizations and this re-emergence of his background so people are starting to look at the fact that sean king is saying that he was and i've talked about this saying that he is black but yet he both his parents are very white they're very white so like they're white white they are so white they could be clear <laughs> and he still is saying that he is black some kind of way there is no black people anywhere near his birth certificate nowhere mm -mm. nowhere no nowhere and he's saying that his he doesn't know who his father is but he's pretty sure he's a light-skinned black man but he doesn't know who he, he is and he's never met him he's never given a name of this man that he believes is his father even though his real father who raised him is white and in the home what an awkward conversation of you telling the man that raised you that you are not my dad because my mother cheated on you with a light-skinned black man i've never seen and I know for a fact that it's my father, even without a DNA test, because it, it, an easy way to figure this out is to him to have a DNA test with the father who's in his home, because if it proves that he is not, in fact, his dad, then it would show, OK, his mom might have stepped out, but it would also showcase that he could potentially be mixed and a lot of people saying well it doesn't matter because sean king has helped i don't know how much he's helped as much as sometimes i'm like his information has not been accurate his information has not been right and it has been inflammatory he has been benefiting and monetizing off of this for very long and this is why you have to be very careful about the people who are the first to stand up and want to have their names all over the place like he won an award from rihanna he's gotten all of these accolades he's even gotten a scholarship if, if I'm not wrong, I believe he's gotten a scholarship for college for being black. And if he is not black, it means just like Rachel Dolezal, just like uh, Rachel, what's her name? Not Rachel. What the hell is that girl? Jessica Cruz. He's benefiting off of being black, taking from someone else who could have gotten a scholarship. So he is taking away from the culture if this is in fact true. But people have been saying this for a while. And the song that was the hit of the world if you hear the song you will start dancing i don't care if you're in church i don't care if you're in court if back that ass up from juvenile comes on you are going to dance i don't care if you are 18 or 98 
you are dancing to that song and juvenile was like you know what i think i got a way to get black people to go to get vaccinated made vax that ass up he's been all over the place it's so funny to see him he's on like msnbc he's on cnn like he's talking about this vaccination i'm like what is going did i ever think juvie a juvie that was like you know all in his name huh you know like i did him would be on this M msnbc no nope that's why 2020 feels like a movie like 2020 2021 did the 20s feel like a movie like you was like well maybe, maybe not even that like let's start in the the 2010s feel like a movie like if you could tell yourself back in the 90s in the early 2000s the shit that actually happened in the 2010s you'd be like no that ain't real no that's that must be a really good movie that must be like a michael bay film or something because it mm, 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 no that's there's no way there's no way and it's like but it is a way and it is true it is it is true because you be like juvenile is gonna be a spokesperson for a vaccination and they're gonna be talking to him like he's a, a correspondent on msnbc donald trump is gonna become the president and we're gonna have a deadly virus where you gotta wear a mask walking around looking like scorpion all day and you be like no i don't believe it kanye was not gonna be black no more you like nope i don't even believe that you lying you lying but no it, it this it, this is absolutely this is insane but it, that is one way because what i if you start playing that song people are gonna start twerking their way to the vaccination centers like it immediately like you know you run to the dance floor when that come on you're gonna run to cbs they're gonna be in cbs so i think this is this is them this is some type of probably hip they're hypnotizing us hypnosis there we go i knew it would come out eventually it was trying it was trying <laughs> it was trying to come out hypnosis that's what this is they're hypnotizing us to go get vaccinated just saying and this covid is getting out of control so i'm gonna need y'all to wear a mask and get vaccinated and if you don't want to get vaccinated at the very minimum please wear a mask and stop congregating together please and the olympics have started off rocky for the united states basketball the men's basketball has been a shocker um we have not we're not in the first place for gold medals right now we are behind china which seems to be the narrative of the century hmm, i don't know that's just not good it doesn't sound good and it's not good but right now we are one medal behind them total and they have also have more gold medals than we do oh, i think we might have just got another medal i think we might have 14 i think they have 13 but they have more gold medals than we do as of right now and one of the biggest stories that have come out of the olympics so far is that the great she is one of the best in the gymnast world of all times simone biles lost to the germans so it has been a rough start for the female united states gymnastics team so far which is unusual like same thing with basketball we usually would dominate basketball we would dominate gymnastics it's like it's crazy what's going on right now like it's like we gotta get it together us we gotta get it together 
but what she said was in a post is that she was feeling the weight of the world she said it, it wasn't an easy day or my best but i got through it and she also wrote on instagram that she i truly do feel like i have the weight of the world on my shoulders at time i know i brush it off and make it seem like the pressure doesn't affect me but damn sometimes it's hard haha <laughs> the olympics is no joke so here's the thing when y'all put these unrealistic expectations on people i don't think you understand how that makes them feel and i talked about this last week we gotta stop with the unrealistic expectations these people are human she's gonna have an off day this is the time that you need to still be bigging her up not when she's winning but when she's losing when things are not going right that shows the support of it and it's that you're not trying to put her on this unrealistic pedestal to make her be this fourth like this symbol of what you're trying to push like this narrative you make her a symbol of this narrative that you're trying to push and it's not cool for those people it might make you feel good but over time it does weigh on those people when you put them in this like she's a machine she's not a machine she's a woman and so she has the right to have an off day and she is going to have off days sometimes it happens just allow her to be her that's all i gotta say about that and this has been your top 10 trending topics of the week Thank you so much for tuning in for a brand new episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yes, it is your girl, Lise Winnie. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. And I want to thank Miss Tess Brigham for coming in and giving such great... What did I say? I wasn't going to say... Information? Yes, information and options for people and things that are out there so if you still have and you want to talk to somebody make sure you reach out to a licensed mental health professional it may take a, and then also it may take a couple different tries you may not find your best fit on the first try you may not find it on the second try you may not find the best therapist for you until the third try it may take some time figuring out what works for you what makes you feel comfortable looking at the people's credentials looking at what they their specialties are and making sure you find somebody that is right for you okay it's nothing wrong with talking and finding other people and finding somebody that works for you okay nothing wrong with that at all so make sure if that is what you in fact need you do that and you seek your own mental health professional this is just for informational purposes only okay and we will be here with a brand new episode i don't know if we'll have a guest uh, you gotta wait and see if so make sure you follow us on instagram under millennials anonymous so you can see who's coming through and also go to youtube at maps media so you can see the video version like i said i'll probably add an avatar to this and then drop it on tuesday or wednesday so you'll have that and make sure that you guys go to the millennials.us anyway so that you can check out uh one the melon app so that's on there so make sure you get the code so you can get um it's a 15 i think it's 15 off in the first 30 days and also make sure you go on there to see that we have a balsy.com get you some a discount off of uh, some products for balsy.com as well as dtlr has a couple of discounts over there so make sure you go to our website and see what you got and that's all i got that's all i got make sure you have a good week 
and be safe make sure you be safe because it's corona still out here okay and next week i'll be back yelling like i normally do all right next week i'll be back so have a good day bye <laughs>